Startups. This is my corner of the internet where I bring in the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce industry. It's been a while since we've been on, but uh, this is episode 176, uh, as I mentioned earlier. But before we get started, just want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments is helping people save more of their hard-earned money by saving when they send or receive payments. It can be anywhere from working with suppliers and manufacturers to VAs worldwide as you're sending money. Sending it in local currency has never been easier in real time. Instead of waiting for your money, you can get it to them quicker and more effectively and saving on those fees and then receiving money as your business grows and it becomes more omni-channel, it becomes more international. You can receive different currencies and save on those conversion fees as well. So go ahead and sign up for ping pong payments. When you get a chance for free, go ahead and mention crossover commerce, or you can do so by going to crossover or usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast, and you can sign up through that as well. And that's where all of our content lives. Um, like I said, this is episode 176, where we go live on our social channels, but then the audio and video formats go and live on our website. So you can catch up on all the latest and greatest speakers, talks, and insights that we have available on that page. So much content going on and so much has happened since we last got on this show. So without further ado, I just kind of wanted to hop on and mention to everyone, again, Crossover Commerce is a live podcast. If you're watching this on our social channels, you can ask your questions in the comment section wherever you're watching us, or if you're listening to us, you can obviously submit those questions via email. Um, you can do that by sending an email to crossovercommerce at pingpongx.com. US. So without further ado, we actually named this episode, uh, it was a little bit last week, there's been a lot happening in the last week, as I mentioned earlier um, in the intro. So much has happened in terms of announcements, there is an event that happens with lots of Amazon and e-commerce space, um, that was Amazon Powwow, and there's just a lot to cover. I know I personally have talked to different forums, different people about it, what we're going to be talking today is a little bit more of the automation channel and we are going to discuss how Amazon sellers can set up automated business alerts, but not just that, how these alerts can effectively help your business grow in both the supply chain, logistics chain, um, in terms of order management, and also just in terms of following the seller code of conduct, making sure that you don't have anything that goes against your storefront or your brand or anything like that. So of course I wanted to bring back a friend of the podcast who hasn't been back in, in quite a while uh, since the very beginning of our podcast. I wanted to bring on Henson Wu of Feedback Wiz. So let me go ahead and bring him on here. Henson, welcome back to Crossover Commerce. Hey Ryan, thanks for having me back. Of course, it's been a while. I think I had you on, gosh, in my first 50 episodes. So since then, lots has happened, uh, different look, different feel. Um, but the content is still semi-changed. Semi you guys have gone through a lot of changes too as well. Um, and fresh off of this event that we talked about at the top of the show, Amazon Pow Wow, the voice is a little hoarse you were saying pre-show, so we'll make sure we we, uh, uh, we we don't go into too much detail along with this with you. But again, I appreciate you hopping on early there on the West Coast. So how's it been since uh, you last hopped on? Lots of things going on with feedback. Was what, what's been life and business like since then? Yeah, everything's been great. Um, you know, just this is like uh, pretty much year four um, in this industry for us and for me, myself too, you know. Um, and it's it's been quite a journey. It's, uh, it's been awesome. You know, I really enjoy being in this e-commerce space, uh, being in this software space and just uh, being able to meet, you know, <clears throat> all the great people in this space like you guys and 
um, all the other providers and sellers, you know, and just, um, just learning and, you know, looking back and seeing how fast, you know, Amazon progressed, you know, in the last, like, you know, eight years and where they are now. And now it's like, you know, things are kind of normalizing a little bit, I would say, but at the same time, it, it's, it's always changing. Right. And the world has changed greatly since COVID and like, you know, people are just, everyone's buying online now and everyone's behaviors are different. So, um, yeah, I would say it's been, it's been quite a ride and, you know, everything's been great and just happy to kind of be in this kind of time right now and enjoying everything that's going on. Right. Lots of growth, lots of, um, opportunity. I think lots of has happened. I would say since the last time we had initially spoke on this channel and obviously off channel as well, so many different things happened, right? In terms of business growth opportunities, there's accelerators, there's aggregators, there's uh, different sort of uh, operation in terms of Amazon's code of conduct. It seems to be updating once every year uh, or more than that. There's lots of different tips and tricks. You're seeing the comings and goings of different tools, softwares, and things like that. And you guys have been pretty consistently like over the past four years have been staying uh, and helping people grow in that regards. So as of this past year, 2021, and I saw the statistic and I haven't posted 50 days on Christmas. Crazy that it's this close, yet somewhat far away. What's like the, what's the remainder of the year looking like for you personally and, and the team? And then what's the forecast looking like maybe going into 22 that you're really excited about? Like you said, it's been somewhat consistent, but there's always these changes kind of going forward. Yeah, as a organization for feedback was, um, you know, we've been constantly just developing new tools and software and solutions for, um, you know, Amazon sellers. And currently, um, there, you know, there's not just Amazon, but, you know, the whole e-commerce channel is growing a lot. So, you know, other channels we see like Walmart, um, Shopify, obviously, is humongous. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity right now for sellers to I'd say expand their business and even in international marketplaces, we've seen Amazon expand to, um, you know, pretty much the Middle East, uh, places like Japan, India, um, they're growing extremely fast. And, you know, I think the world is starting to kind of adapt to this Amazon uh, shopping model. And I think, you know, over the next course of five years or so, it's probably going to pretty much take over like how everyone around the world um, shops, you know, um yeah for us like I, i'd say like the year is kind of winding down so things are i'd say slowing down a little bit but at the same time it's actually moving faster because you know we're bringing on board um a couple of new team players um really help us try to grow um our business business outside of uh, within us and outside of us and um you know we want to try to do as many events as we can next year and i know this year was we kind of started off slow because COVID and then we weren't sure how everything was going, but now we, we realized, man, there's such a, there's such a huge, like, you know, population of sellers everywhere. And, you know, they're all happy to get out and meet people. And I just came back from the power conference in Miami, which was, uh, which was awesome. You know, I wasn't expecting such a large, large turnout, but um, it ended up being quite a surprise and um, had a really good time. So. Absolutely. Well, I think I think that that's what a lot of people were in the certain beginning or the middle of the part of 2021, how that would impact events kept popping up left and right. And I'm I had a call yesterday and, and we were discussing this is uh, an agency in the Amazon and e-commerce space. And they said 
Q1, we're going to 24 different events. And I, I just like dropped my jaw and I said 24. Of course, that's attending, that's an exhibiting, all, all, every single one of those. But there's so much ramp up, it seems like there's going to be lots of networking, partnerships, lots coming through uh, from the past 16 months, 18 months, whatever you want to call it, 20 months or so of maybe, maybe, maybe yes, we get together, maybe no, we don't. I think that whole slate of 2022 is going to be jam-packed with lots of people interacting and growing. Is that is that the easiest way for um, a company like in a software space? Like I, I previously was at a software company. Is that the easiest way to have those conversations with people as face-to-face or is it more of like that virtual interactions where you can show people? How, how do you like the different factors in that regard? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, in this space, it's, it's kind of difficult, you know, um, because I mean, you're basically trying to target e-commerce sellers and it's not easy, right? Because they can live anywhere. They could be anywhere. And, you know, you kind of have to just do a little bit of everything in terms of, you know, marketing, outreach, different channels. And going to events is definitely one of the biggest, um, I would say the biggest avenues to, you know, not just meet potential clients and sellers, but really to network within people within the industry, right? So like most of these big events have a lot of, you know, all-star influencers that, you know, have a lot of reputation in, in this world. And, you know, just being able to make that connection with them is uh, pretty invaluable, you know. Um, and, yeah, even when we started, um, you know, we started back in 2017 and, you know, nobody knew about us. And we started, our first event was a Prosper Show in Las Vegas. And, you know, just going to that event really just, you know, built up our brand reputation People didn't know who we are, but, you know, once we went there, it kind of gives you a little bit of street cred that, hey, you know, these guys exhibit, they have a team, um, they have a good software, right? And then from there, it's really just building up um, your client base and then, you know, word of mouth. If you have, if you develop something great, if you have a great tool, great service, you know, people will recommend your, your tool. And, um, you know, going to Powell and even going to all the events this year and, you know, it's really it's really awesome because it's not for us it's like yeah you know we don't we have a pretty good share of the market in terms of you know the software we do and just being able to meet our customers you know face to face you know you don't see them you don't know who they are and them giving you feedback and just hearing like you know all the great things that we've done for them help them grow and you know it's just really um it's like really heartwarming it's like wow i you know it's a great accomplishment i would say so absolutely uh, it's pretty awesome Be- being in the service side of the industry, as you know, in either software or service or any, any across the board, I think that's one of the most reassuring things is that you're doing a good job, but you're going to continue to push and help other people be successful, which is really neat. Um, I always, I always toy with the notion of if you're not at events, do you consider do people think that you're a legitimate individual, thought leader, or business? But on the flip side, if you're just busy enough and in life doesn't allow for you to escape is, is there that that balance that you find your you and your team that you have to balance you can't be at everything but which ones do you pick and choose to be at to be most impact uh for either um does that make sense yeah i mean yeah i, I would i would definitely agree i mean you need balance in life you know just um it's gotta do a little bit of everything you know just you gotta talk with people you gotta network you know, sometimes you got to focus on data, right? Data is very important. A lot of things are data driven. You know, sometimes um, events might not be the best ROI for people, you know, even for attendees or for exhibitors. But, you know, the factor that you can go out there and, you know, it's kind of like a 
mini vacation at the same time as work, but you can network with people and networking can bring you, you know, greater returns in the long run that you might not be able to see right in front of you, but, you know, meeting someone, you know, uh, today, they could help you down the line in two years. You never know. Right. So um, I, I truly believe life is really just about networking, meeting great people and, you know, being able to kind of flourish that way. Absolutely. And I, and I love telling the story and I think it's a funny joke. You're the one person of the 176 episodes I've had on this. I've truly only met one person in real life and that, that believe it or not is you. Um, no way. Are you serious? I, wow. I, I promise you uh, it's, it's not a joke. I wish I was joking. And I, I feel like I know a lot more people um, without touching or feeling or, you know, handshaking or anything like that. Believe it or not, all, all the things that we've done, the networking that we've done, I said, we, myself and uh, our company, it's all done virtually. So it's it's kind of one of those funny things that I, I say story-wise, but look out 2022. Hopefully that's that's when a lot of people are gonna be uh surprisingly uh meet me hopefully in person. So that, that that's somebody something I always like joke about. I've only had one guest that is I've met in person. That is so funny. Was, wow. Was, yeah, they gotta uh, man, I gotta tell ping pong to get you out of there. <laughs> they try, man. They they're they're constantly asking me, Do you wanna go here? Do you wanna go here? And I said, let's just start fresh in 2022. Not for not for any other reason, but just it, it's hard to plan. And that, that's the thing too. And that, I I believe it. Um, you know, Rob Stanley's watching. Uh, former former employee of Feedback was in friend of both of ours. He said meet meet up in San Francisco in December. I have no idea what he means, but at some point in December, I'm already thinking that's three weeks away. That's so hard to plan with the family <laughs> and friends. I, I guess my other question. I know this is really event focused for uh, a lot of people, but I think this is really important to talk about because you've been in the the industry a long time you have a service but you also have a software how do you do that balance of at a moment's notice where lots of people whether it be their own businesses they'd be selling on amazon or software and at a moment's notice you're like yep i'm gonna be there and i'm gonna book a flight i'm gonna go to this event maybe spend a couple days maybe a week or more away from family how do you do that juggling and balance is that is that something you found successful or is that something you continuously have to to work at um yeah i mean it's it's kind of hard in the beginning because it's hard to plan and kind of figure out like you know you know how much time can i take off work because a lot of time you go to these events like you know you miss out on the work related stuff right so i'd say planning and scheduling is very important and being kind of ahead of um you know doing research ahead of time right so most of these events that we look into like we're probably like at least two months out early right just making sure that we got all the logistics set up you know making sure like you know we block off our calendar and we have you know set up you know partnerships and things like that so um planning i would say is the biggest thing just staying ahead and um of course having family is tough right because you know you have kids you go they go to school and um uh, you know i don't know like other people's situations sometimes you might have to find a nanny and things like that so um yeah, I guess I, there's not much really you could do. You just if you have to go somewhere, you have to go somewhere, right? It's, it's for work, and uh, I just say you just have to plan early and then you know get everything in place. And then once it's planned, then you just go with the schedule, just like everything else. Yeah, and there's not yeah there there could be flexibility, but there's also those consistencies doing that moving forward. It's always important to be planning and talking with and, and continuing to know when people are going to be at places so you can schedule around and optimizing schedules. 
Speaking of planning, I'm going to go ahead and segue into our conversation. Look at me. I'm uh, I'm a great host over here. I like to segue into our topic, how Amazon sellers can set up automated or scheduled out business alerts in that regard. So if something happens um, in this regards, I, I can't be everywhere I was, right? I'm not going to have my seller central uh, dashboard up all the time. I can't be refreshing at a moment's notice. I have so many things on my plate if I'm a seller. There's so many different tools out there that maybe help with this, but they don't have the insights that you guys have. And, I, and I've not, not seen the updates that feedback was has done before, but how are you, why is this important to be talking about setting up automated alerts when at a moment's notice, something either good or bad can happen? Why was that super important for you to build that into the, your tool set? Yeah. So, you know, when we first launched feedback was, we actually did have, um, some of these notification alerts. And one of the things that we really wanted to do is to help uh, Amazon sellers improve their brand reputation. So outside of, you know, email automation for reviews, um, you know, we created a pretty sophisticated system to basically capture um, events that happen for your business. And we started off with, um, you know, seller feedback and product reviews. And those are pretty much the, the two biggest things, you know, for your business It's really that, basically gives you the baseline of how well your business is doing in a reputation level um, and product reviews are more important than anything else, right? That pretty much gives 90% decision whether or not someone should buy a product or not. Um, so setting up alerts on our system, like product reviews, um, you know, we decided to really focus on that um, when we first launched feedback was it really was how fast can we get these product review alerts to the customer, right? Like when someone writes a review, you know, it takes a while, like, um, you know, Amazon doesn't offer product review alerts. They don't tell you when someone writes a product review. It's something that you have to pretty much go on your own listing page and then look it up and see if someone wrote your review. And, you know, as you expand in this space, you, you might have, you know, tens and hundreds of products. There's no way that you could go there every day and start looking for reviews. So we decided to build a platform just to capture these reviews and then help sellers manage uh, the reviews itself by you know identifying commonly used keywords um you know being able to search and filter for different ratings uh what people are telling them um i mean even when we first launched in 2018 some of the um you know legacy users know we used to have buyer review matching so we used to be able to identify who wrote the review tie it back to the order and then you can automate emails to them but that's all long gone. That was a long time ago. <laughs> the good old days. Amazon doesn't like that kind of stuff. You know, they, they, they've been constantly just um, kind of cracking down on some of the, the things that are um, kind of, you know, favoring sellers or, you know, manipulating things. And um, so we, we had to adapt, right? So we, we tried, we do everything we can to um, make sure that we adhere to all of Amazon's uh, developer policies, communication policies, and that's really the way to go because, you know, um, having like, you know, crazy black hat tools and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It might help you boost your business in the short term, but in the long term, um, it can really, it can really hit you. And if, you know, you get your store taken down or something like that, or you violate, uh, you can lose your entire business overnight, you know, just like some of these Chinese sellers that, uh, we're trying to manipulate ranking and manipulate reviews, right? It's just, it's not, it's not good business practice. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so come, you know, 2021, um, we, we are right now we're launched. We just launched a, uh, very sophisticated alert system. And what this really does is that, um, you know, any data, Amazon metrics that 
gets pulled from the API, we give you the ability to set these alerts, uh, whether it's product reviews, seller feedback, hijacker, buy box, you know, title change, anything re uh, regarding, um, you know, your listing, your product reviews. But you know, these kind of tools have been around for a while. And we we have we have all of them. Um, a lot of other tools have them. But what we've done is now we not just taken these product reviews and listing tools, but we've also now taken profits, you know, revenues, uh, you know, costs like order manager units, repeat buyers, you know, all these different types of metrics that you should be tracking. And then also giving you the ability to set up alerts for them and not just, not just like alerts of if this happened, right. But we give you the ability to set thresholds on when these, when you want it to happen, like how, how you want to alert it. Right. So some of the examples might be like, you know, we have a profits tool that, you know, displays everything like gross margin, uh, net profit costs and stuff like that. So you can now go in and set your own threshold on a specific ASIN and say, you know, when my gross revenue drops for, you know, my blue t-shirt, uh, by 20%, uh, send me a, send me alert and send, not just send me alert, but you can send it to my, um, us business uh, team, right. Or my us marketing team. Right. So we give you a lot of flexibility within our, in our platform now to basically set up customized alerts for specific groups of ASINs, specific ASINs, and then being able to allocate these alerts to different groups within your organization. Um, and yeah, this is, this is, this is awesome because I don't think anyone else has anything like this. And, you know, from here, we're just really trying to develop more of these alerts and not just, um, you know, business alerts, but mostly you can tie different types of alerts together, right? So event A happens and event B happens, send me alert, right? And then being able to track when these alerts happen and then trying to correlate how these affect, um, you know, my sales, my growth, you know? Um, so yeah, it's really exciting to be able to introduce this product to the, to the Amazon world. Well, I think that that's needed on a very, a couple of different levels. You mentioned if you have a team, if it's not just you and the person doesn't have eyes on it all the time, if they're a PPC spend, or if it's an inventory company we're working with, or some sort of outside entity that the automation can trigger some sort of action, whether it's email notification, whatever the, that tool or trigger is very impactful because at a moment's notice, if, like you said, your listings hijacked it, you go below a certain inventory threshold, or if you get inventory in again, that on the positive side, hopefully a lot of people are getting inventory in now. Um, once you get that, you can start to scale up, uh, PC campaigns. You can start to, to full throttle a lot of your marketing campaigns. I think a lot of those triggers, a lot of people have to manually do and that, that wastes a lot of time and money and effort. Is there, is there, is that ultimately what you're trying to do is like get more things done quicker or get things resolved quicker in that regard instead of letting it linger, maybe costing tens of thousands of dollars on a given, depending on what that issue might be. Yeah, absolutely. And exactly, you, you know, you, you nailed the, the, the point It's really like, it's, it's kind of like playing defense in a way, right? Like some of these alerts can really help grow your business, but a lot of times these alerts will help you prevent you from losing business. Right. So like things like inventory stockouts, right? If your inventory runs low, I know, I know Amazon has some of these alerts, but in general, like in this case, like you want to know when you need to reorder, right. Or you get a bunch of negative product reviews coming in for a certain product and you know everyone's telling you the same thing right the same keywords are saying 
that you know maybe the maybe I'm going getting the wrong item, right? Or even for order returns, right? There's order return reasons that um, Amazon basically tells the sellers like there's a reason why they return the order, and um, a lot of times sellers um, you know get a return, and the reason is product not as described, right? And why is that not as described? Sometimes there could be a hiccup in sending in the product maybe they send it send in a bad batch or wrong batch these are alerts where you know you need to get these alerts pretty much immediately to fix the problem otherwise you could lose a lot of money um you know your listing could be suppressed right you could be losing sales um so i think it's it's a valuable tool every pretty much any amazon seller that has you know more than a couple products definitely should have some kind of you know alert system monitoring set up and um and the cost of it is extremely affordable, you know, it, mm-hmm. you know, for you to hire a dedicated person just to kind of monitor your business and stuff like that, it's not really worth it, right? That person should be the one that's reacting to these events that happen, right? They should be, um, you should have a software, you know, tells you when things happen and then that person can basically figure out what to do next. And um, that's really why we, you know, really focus on this part of this, uh, the system. Absolutely. Well, the, there's things that, that instantly come to mind in terms of how you can effectively handle and manage these sort of events. I know one thing that comes to mind initially is how does this really impact and help with my order management system, whether it be inventory levels or uh, reorder um, you know, triggers or anything of that sort? How does this really help me with forecast when I need to reorder inventory, whether it be like short term or for the next six months or whatever that might be how how do these alerts really affect and help offset these these issues that seller might have on a day-to-day basis yeah that's a great question so um so right now the the version that we have right now doesn't have the inventory forecasting and inventory forecasting is a tool that we'll be releasing um in 2022 next year we've actually developed something huge and i'll probably jump on another podcast and talk about that. And it's, and it's awesome. Um, what a tease. Yeah. So I don't want to get too much into that, but definitely um, for inventory is a huge part of it. You know, just being, not just being able to get alerts from um, stockouts or low inventory, but getting alerts to send um, for new orders, right? Like uh, being able to know when I need to reorder or, you know, my manu- part of our product or, uh, manufacturing is running low, running slow, right? My, my inventory is stranded in the port of LA, right? Um, these kind of alerts can help you, you know, kind of make the next move on how to like kind of adjust. Uh, if I'm not going to get my product in time for Christmas, you know, um, I need to know that early, right? I need to know that, you know, weeks, months, way before, right? So if you're just constantly manually checking or Sometimes even uh, Amazon inventory alerts are not just kind of first order. They don't really tell you much besides of what kind of data that they have in their system. But if you have other data like uh, your supplier information, they send you emails or updates like that kind of data can be used to set up, you know, additional alerts to really help you forecast, you know, much more accurately. Gotcha. Well, the tease is real. And again, I think that's the biggest issue a lot of people are trying to understand of the sooner you know those things, the quicker you can respond as an entrepreneur, making those difficult decisions or go to plan B or C in terms of making sure your inventory levels are going to be great, 
lot of people are even talking about suppressing suppressing listings so they don't run out of inventory, turning down their PPC uh, strategy so they don't run out in Q4, just for the fact until they reach that uh, that that restock availability, whether their goods are waiting and getting to a warehouse or you can flip on FBM. All those things are really important because as you know, and most of the listeners know too, once your listing runs out of inventory or it gets low, Amazon will naturally start suppressing that listing or they'll just torpedo it to the bottom and that rank strategy that you have in place will just be more costly to get you to the back of where it was before you ran out of inventory. So I, I can imagine that that's a super big thing. Lots of sellers that are using your tools are gonna be really wanting in the future. What about, um, I guess, shifting focus to something that you do have. What about um, reviews uh, in terms of monitoring, right? Uh, you mentioned back in the days, you could reply back to people. And I think recently Amazon is now allowing you to respond back or at least engage with at some capacity, whether limited or full on at a one to three star review. Is that, is that correct? Like what, what's, what's the update on that? If I was yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, Amazon kind of opened it up for people that have like brand analytics to basically um, contact people who written your review. And um, I guess they give you opportunity now to, you know, remove the review, right? Or at least give you contact to them, and which is which is pretty, I guess, kind of surprising because, you know, the, the, the years back, they were doing everything they can to try to prevent the communication between the, the reviewer and the seller right and now um for brand analytics i guess there's probably been a lot of um feedback from brand sellers saying that hey you know if we can't communicate with the people that review our products you know it doesn't give them a chance to have a voice on responding to like what what the problem is right and i think it's probably a good move by amazon to kind of um you know not be so strict about it so, um, but unfortunately, if you don't have brand analytics, um, there's still no way to know who wrote your review. Um, but, you know, feedback with platform, I think at some point the API will open up for brand analytics. So, you know, third-party software developers like us will be able to get access to that kind of data. And then, you know, we could develop tools around that. But as of right now, um, you know, if you're just selling on Amazon without brand analytics, you're, you don't really have much insight on the reviews coming in. So our tool basically will pull in all the reviews um, pretty much in real time, you know, as as posted on Amazon. And uh, you have the ability to basically uh, manage all those reviews on one page, right? So if you have like, you know, 200 products, you could see all the reviews come in for all 200 products. You don't have to scroll through 200 product pages on Amazon and uh, try to read them all. It's, it's really a pain, you know? Um, and then we also have like keyword um, keywords that help you identify like what are the most commonly used uh, terms right in the in a specific time period so like let's say you want to pull in uh, reviews in the last week right and then you could see exactly what are people saying about your reviews like what are the commonly used phases uh, phrases like you know is it defective is it awesome is it great um, just getting that kind of insight early on um, will really help improve your product, right? Not, not just improve your product, but if there's any problems with the product, you probably pretty much want to know about it right away. So uh, I'd say that's pretty much the biggest advantages right now of just reading reviews. It's kind of to get the real time gauge of what people think about, you know, your product. Absolutely. I have a question and I'm curious if you have any insight on this with the review ecosystem. When you go to a product page and you're reviewing everything, 
a lot of it can be relevant um, in up, uh, up thumb, like thumbed up, or you know, I find this helpful in those regards. I also see that as potentially a negative thing, right? For whether it be a tactic of a competition or anything like that. Not that we're supporting any tactics, but how do you get rid of either bad actors who are upvoting negative feedback? For example, if a product is doesn't work this way and you fix that problem and they are upticking that or suppressing good reviews when there's other reviews that are maybe not so favorable to your brand. Is there a way to either as a brand manager have a hand in which ones are being featured on Amazon's platform or is that strictly just on their side? What's the most quote unquote relevant or are they pulling up based upon keywords? What's that kind of background on what's appearing on your product pages? Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to that. I mean, that's a black box within Amazon, right? They, their right. algorithms currently uh, always changing, and you know how they how they handle that. It's, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that they have all that data and information. It's just not so obvious on why some of the listings and why some products get hit, some don't, right? It's it's a consistency thing with Amazon that you know they're trying to improve over time, and they've definitely got better over the years. And I know there's been a lot of, you know, these rank uh, or not rank, but product review manipulation, like you said, like upvoting bad, you know, uh, reviews. So when people first go onto your product review page, they only see the bad reviews, even though you have like a 4.7 star rating or something. Right. Um, I'd say the only thing you can really do is, you know, having a, you know, monitoring tool will kind of give you like some insights on how fast these things are coming in. Right. So when there's anomalies like you know suddenly you get like 50 positive reviews right for no reason um you can report these kind of events to amazon right you can say hey by the way you know i noticed there's been a very weird trend that's not normal right like suddenly someone's upvoting like all the bad reviews up um just just reporting to amazon will kind of give you know there's at least there's a ticket in their system like a flag right and whether mm -hmm. or not they decide to investigate or do something about it. Um, that's something that, you know, no one can control, but at least you're taking some kind of action, right? And if you don't take any action, then most likely, you know, unless Amazon is, their algorithm starts detecting things and which they've actually improved a lot in the last few years. Um, it gives you just, it gives you a better chance to kind of combat some of these bad practices. Um, Right. There should be a predictive velocity at which you as a seller can receive inconsistent reviews or ratings. So yeah. I'm assuming if there's any sort of fluctuation or fluttering, just like in um, ranking a product on any sort of level, they're going to, they're going to monitor those things and they have data and alerts and things like that. So if it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's still going to put a flag in this and say, why is there already so many good reviews as opposed to, what's traditionally happening in the past. Is that something that you've seen brands have to combat of they're receiving too many good reviews that it's either suppressed their listing or it's had Amazon take a deeper look at why all of a sudden that's happening? Yeah, I've definitely seen that before. Um, some of these competitors, what they'll do is still try to post a whole bunch of positive reviews, um, a lot of times unverified and um, and that, that used to trigger uh, that listing getting taken down. And that was kind of one of the, the tactics that they did um, to take down a competitor listing, especially with the newer listings, right? Um, but I think Amazon's getting smarter about that. You know, they have 
so much data on like where the review is coming from, who's writing it, which account, um, and there can easily identify and figure out whether or not it's a competitor doing it or is it you doing it. Um, but it's, it's still it's a headache, right? Just just having to deal with things like that. It's that shouldn't be part of running a business on Amazon, right? And I really hope that in the future, Amazon, you know, can put in just more detection and algorithms to help prevent some of these bad actors. But um, I mean, it is what it is, right? This is this is a trillion dollar market, um, you know, and everyone's competing for that small real estate, you know, that page one and, you know, they'll do whatever they can to try to, you know, prevent any new competitors coming in or, you know, making a dent in their sales. So, um, you know, as you can see, like Amazon's really progressing, like over the years, right. They're trying to kind of tone down on all the different, tactics that sellers are doing whether it's you know trying to rank or you know keywords and all those you know even with the communication with reviews last year right like they came out with a whole guideline on making sure that you're not incentivizing people to write reviews you're not giving them free stuff or trying to direct them to um contact you if there's a negative issue or negative problem they really want the experience to be genuine right if you had a bad experience, you had a bad experience, write about it. Don't try to cover it up by giving them something and, you know, making it seem like everything's great, but it's, you know, it might not be. So, um, well, that, that leads me to a good, that, uh, probably a final point of the episode, if you will, is we alluded to the top of the show. There is a lot, there is a lot of buzz about these updates. You mentioned updates regarding reviews and incentivizations. Um, that was actually posted in officially part of the seller code of conduct um, in terms of what was, what's bad, what's not, what's acceptable, what is part of, you know, day to day, what, what, what can sellers expect? There was a forum it's a, it's a open forum on the seller central uh, side of things where it was from a moderator that opened up the floor plan and said, based upon the series of events, this is what, why a lot of people take this a little bit more, series and maybe some other things of the series of events where you had um, F FCC regulations coming out against businesses. You had um, this notification of a software tool service that said for ranking manipula ranking manipulation or however you want to do it, rebates and ranking was their forte in rebates uh, in terms of they were no longer going to be a part of the the ecosystem, Amazon ecosystem, I think as the 16th or 17th of November uh, this month. And then you had the notification and forum post of this is what ranking manipulation is deemed by us in terms of re rebates, uh, coupons, anything like that it has to all be done in Amazon's ecosystem. You can't be incentivized outside. Shook the, shook the e-commerce world in terms of, or the Amazon world, I should say, in terms of Super vague still, still not part of the seller code of conduct. Is this something coming from Amazon? Is this a moderator's point of view? What, what is, what isn't a part of it? Is there, is there any insight that you guys have received as a part of going through this entire process of being notified by Amazon as, hey, this is no longer acceptable. This is not gonna, if people use your tools, no longer gonna be a case that person will get suspended or you'll be removed from Amazon's storefront. Is, it, is this up Amazon's alley of consistent behavior or is this something new that you guys have seen moving uh, that you've experienced on your end? Um, yeah, great. It's a great question. It's I think it's when you hear stories like this, it really just scares pretty much all the developers on Amazon, right? It's like 
they have so much control over your business and you know in, in, the, in the click of a button they could shut you down right just by um for whatever reason it is right um traditionally i say in the past like um you know in 2018 we used to have the buy review matching tool which was basically um you know we take a code from the review side of the page and then we would match that code with the order side of when the order is placed we put those two pieces of code together and then we can basically say all right 100 this is the person that wrote the review right and then from there you can automate the communication on hey someone wrote you a bad review can you please remove the review and um you know we'll give you a free like item right that's very common like that was before amazon was regulating anything they caught on very quickly with that with that feature and um and back then yeah we we had a i mean i think i don't know about everybody else but you know having some i guess people you know within the organization that work with you you know within the team um is very helpful because you can kind of get some you can pass some questions and along and ask like hey is this something that is is okay um but back then yeah they reached out to us and basically said that hey you know we don't want you guys doing this anymore and they can kind of give you a timeline to say like you need to stop this by you know a certain amount of time otherwise you know there's consequences and obviously you know everybody knows what the consequences are and this was actually before the app store came out um so they weren't as strict but i'd say now because there's so many amazon apps now the app store is humongous right it's it's like growing exponentially with all these service providers um I'm not sure if the communication, if they have the bandwidth to kind of manage and talk to every single third-party developer, you know, and some of these new restrictions, even last year with the communication policies, like we had no, we had no uh, insight or warning, like when it happened, it just, boom, they, they post it and this is it, right? We'll give you a time where you have like three months to fix everything and this is what we're going to do. Um, but in this subject I, with the you know, rebates and rank manipulation. I think this is something that is kind of pretty much we everybody knew about this like years ago that it's not really, it's not really black hat, but it's kind of in between, right? It's kind of iffy, like, you know, it's, you know, sending the, giving them a rebate and then giving, giving the ability to kind of go to a URL to, to kind of boost the page, right? Boost the sale to make the sale look like it's a genuine sell. Um, that's always kind of been in that gray zone of rank manipulation, right? And and I think, you know, the the parties that offered some of these services, they, they knew about it, right? But Amazon never regulated. Um, and now they are because they're probably under, you know, political pressure or whatever it is that to kind of, you know, say something about it. And I'm and I know that, you know, Amazon, if there was no pressure on their side. They probably wouldn't care either because it's good for it's good for Amazon's business, right? If, if sellers are doing well, Amazon's doing well, right? But mm -hmm. I think at this point they probably don't have much of a choice, so they have to kind of enforce some of these rules. And and to answer your question with the moderator, um, yeah, I I would say that's probably a precursor to what Amazon will probably make an announcement very soon because you know if someone within the Amazon organization is posting. Uh, something so detailed, right? And then some of these um, apps are getting actually shut down. That basically tells you, like, you know, they are internally changing, right? They are making a change. This maybe they haven't finalized all the coming, um, all the wording and stuff. But most likely, I would say probably coming pretty soon. Look inside Seller Central under the news. You'll probably see some kind of new. There probably be, will be a post detailing 
you know, some of these new practices regarding rebates and links and uh, URLs and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it, it's scary. You know, it's like, you just, you don't know when they're going to announce something. So, I mean, my advice for, you know, other companies and even ourselves is like, stay far, far away from anything that <laughs> is, is even remotely like gray hat, you know, it just, it's not worth it. Right. Just try to develop things that are useful for sellers, but not in a way that violates any of Amazon's, uh, you know, policies. Exactly. Well, and in, in initially, I think there was a fear that this was just an example to be made of and almost a scare, not a scare tactic. Again, Amazon does this for a reason. And if you look at the series of events, you can probably mash them all up. And a lot of people agree with that. If this is not coming out of nowhere, it happens almost every Q4 around Q3, Q4, where they do some sort of shakeup in terms of policy. I think trying to protect, I like the ability to protect, again, reviews. I think that's a very, that's a wholly sacred area to give honest feedback of people who actually bought the product and manipulating that is actually falsifying how good or bad a product is. That makes sense to me. With yeah. ranking a product, with it being brand new, it's almost, it's almost very difficult to understand why Amazon would come in from this way. Again, you don't want a notion of, oh, it's going to be at the top of page one in their algorithm. It will naturally resettle itself. And again, giveaways were traditional in the past. Coupons. Coupons are fine on Amazon because you can still offer them in Seller Central account. Um, rebates are a very common practice across the board. I think there's those additional benefits that those outlying benefits of doing practices is what they don't like of, Hey, we can get you great sales with the additional benefit of it looking like people are finding your product. And again, that's a very difficult concept because if you're launching a new product, there's no history or track record. How are you supposed to drive people to a new product besides PPC um, and things like that? When there's no review history, there's no sales history. What are the ways that Amazon, expects or wants you to operate moving forward. So I think a lot of people want to understand, Hey, this is the way that Amazon maybe should, or you should drive traffic to your listing, um, whether it be externalized traffic or social media, you have your, your own ambassador system or people where they want to purchase. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out what way in which Amazon feels it's appropriate to send traffic to your listing so that people can find it to grow on Amazon to make more sales so that they get more business and you get more business. Yeah. It, it's really, it's really confusing in this regards. And again, nothing has officially been changed in the seller code of conduct from as of this podcast episode, as of, you know, the 5th of November, uh, almost one fifty Eastern time, nothing has changed officially, but a lot of people are speculating in that regards too. So in the software world, people are scrambling. They're trying to figure out, we don't want to get in trouble in that regards too. So um, that's where we want to make sure it's not official. It's a speculative, it's an Amazon employee officially. It's not officially in the terms of service or seller code of conduct. Yeah. Stay tuned. I mean, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I do probably do see there, this is just a precursor of like a more official change, right? I mean, it's possible that Amazon is building their own internal rebate system or something, right? Maybe they That's will the allow rebates, but they want to they want to control it, right? They want to make sure that it's fair for everybody, and I think that's really what it is: is they want to create a fair platform um, for everybody 
like around, you know, not just having, you know, certain, certain tactics that some sellers can do and some tactics other can't do. If they can control, you know, the ranking, um, you know, the, the rebates and stuff that, that probably makes the most sense. I'm thinking that's probably what they're trying to do, but I don't know. Right. It's like, it takes time. I mean, we wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if you saw an internalized rebate system of if you want to do giveaways or anything like that. It's all in Amazon's ecosystem. Probably wouldn't be surprised if that came down the pipeline. Who knows what's going to happen? And I think that's the how, how do softwares help in that regards of helping people take data? Again, we saw this with just keyword research data, right? Of Amazon released this new tool that's going to help people in terms of 90 day history, uh, keyword research really cool and really functional yep. and really helpful. Um, I think there would be more of that. I think a lot more people would be a little bit less peeved off right now of what are we supposed to do? Like this is head jerking and knee reaction and it's great for a reason, but it, like how are we supposed to operate? Um, and the fear is like, it's going to start pushing people away to different platforms. But again, um, I guess in the minimum amount of time that we have left and what's the, uh, is this something that makes you think about how to diversify just not just on Amazon or having the solution that helps across different selling channels like a, a Walmart or an Etsy or a you know a different marketplace platform? Is this does this make you think about how do we help other sellers grow as well? Yeah, definitely. Um we are we are definitely um you know expanding our tool to other platforms. And you know, as we see that this space is as you can see, everything that's going on is kind of hurting the the smaller sellers, the, the ones that are just trying to sell on Amazon, right? It's, it's harder and harder for them to kind of climb up and make an impact, right? And in the long term, I, I truly believe, you know, even with all these these all this money coming in for these brand aggregators buying all these brands, it's, it's probably going to be a, a smaller group of, you know, entities or sellers or companies that are pretty much selling most of the volume Amazon. And these are the long-term players, right? And they're not going to just be selling Amazon. They're going to be selling, like you said, on, you know, other websites, like their own website, Shopify, you know, Walmart, Etsy, Target. They're, it's This channel is just growing like crazy, right? Everyone's behavior now is like, we don't we don't really go out and buy stuff in the store anymore. We just sit in front of your computer, click a button, comes to my door, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's... It's, I don't know what's going to happen in the next five years, but I would say that, yeah, definitely e-commerce is going to expand. Amazon's going to get better with, you know, their in, own internal tools, right? I could, I could see in the last couple of years, they've put so much effort in development on the, the um, their tool side, right? Which is kind of comp competing with the third-party apps, right? But at the same time, they have an app store that has, you know, hundreds and hundreds of providers and they need the, they need the providers too, right? So they have to create a good balance between what kind of tools they offer and then how far they go with those tools, right? If they go too far, they're going to hurt a lot of the providers, which will also hurt them. Well, if you don't have us, then, you know, we're, we're one of the biggest, you know, um, I guess, resources for growing their seller base, right? without us, like people don't really brain advocates and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think there's gotta be a good balance, right? They have to provide a good platform, make it fair, um, provide the necessary tools for like just basic, you know, whether it's reviews, whether it's emails, you know, whether it's keywords, 
but don't go too far, right? Let let the developers figure out like how can we make it better, right? We can create like a management system, we can create a better platform, you know, things like you know, the alert system, right? I think having the ability to customize thresholds and you know put together different data points, like that's that's something that would be very helpful. But I don't think Amazon's best interest is to go crazy and develop all these different parts within there, right? So um so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll it, see. It, it's hard to say. Beauty, yeah. It's the beauty of being <laughs> in space, but it's also a headache and a it has a pain in your stomach every day you wake up. You're like, what what else? Yeah, can I <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very cool. Well, uh, I know we're at the top of the hour. I want to go ahead and and wrap up. What so what about um, just in the remaining couple of minutes? Do you have is there is there anything that you're seeing with Q4 that's either both uh, exciting or shocking or maybe uh, scary that across the board is doesn't be? But then feedback was: Is there any data that you're seeing that might be of concern or um, excitement personally across e-commerce or Amazon? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I haven't dug that deep into the data recently, especially for Q4, but. Um, but definitely notice there's, um, you know, there's a lot of activity still in selling, you know, there's, you know, it, with the inventory issues and, you know, people trying to get their products out. I think there's just a flood of money out there right now. There's just incredible amounts of cash people have willing to spend, buy everything, you know, so it's, it's good for, it's good for sellers. You know, people are, people are opening up their wallets and buying, right. They're buying everything left and right look at you know the crypto market nfts like you know the holiday season gifts like just yeah it's, it's great if you have products selling on amazon right now i i'm i'm sure you're gonna do very well this christmas season it's not like it's not like any year <laughs> we've ever seen so um still growth happening yeah growth i know is, a lot of people yeah yeah a lot of people in q3 they saw somewhat of a back off of growth but there's a lot of data and outside resource a lot of outside pointing you can see of people are traveling, people are trying to get out of their house more. Of course, it's not going to be that sustainable 20% growth month over month, year over year, uh, yeah. quarter over quarter. Um, it's going to naturally resettle, grow in its traditional pace. The growth is growth. Um, you know, it's still harder to play in this regards, but people are still finding ways to still optimize, still grow, still take advantage of the need. Again, Amazon's 40% of a 10 to 15% market of all of retail purchasing. So to think about that special area in that small pie of the bigger picture pie, there's lots more opportunity in that growth. So it's exciting to see what the rest of this year will hold. The data hopefully continuing to show growth in this regards and we'll see where more money gets pulled into. But um, yeah, a lot of things we covered today. So thanks for hopping on, giving your insights and uh, coming back as a friend of Crossover Commerce. We appreciate the time, the insight, and the um, forecasting or the uh, future uh, telling, if you will. But uh, thanks again, Henson. We're excited to see all the new stuff that's coming. And you've already promised to come back on, so we don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, anytime, but, man. I hope, and I hopefully see you next year in some of the conferences and stuff like that. That, that is the plan unless, unless the world burns down or does something crazy again. But hey, that's the plan, at least this early on or this late in the year. But... I promised a lot of people a lot of things. I hope they can make up those meetings here in 2022. So, of course, 1% men person. It's always good to see you uh, yeah. over the screen. So thanks again for hopping on today. I appreciate it. 
All right. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you. All right. And thanks everyone else for hopping on Crossover Commerce. Again, thank, this is episode 176 of this wonderful uh, podcast. I like to call Crossover Commerce my corner of the internet where we talk all things Amazon and e-commerce with inside experts. I should say insider experts uh, with experts in the space uh, that have seen data and growth in their various different ways, whether it's a service provider, expertise, um, agencies, whatever that might be. This is where we talk to those people and give the insights of topical, relevant information. We covered a lot today. Um, again, we'll wait and see. That's kind of the nature of the Amazon world. A lot of people speculate. No one truly knows. Uh, a lot of people have thoughts, insights, and can draw those lines. Um, and it's happened in the past. Again, we talked about reviews, how that happened with, um, you know, how that changed in terms of service. But also, is this going to change the way people launch products? Is this going to change the way uh, people can sell on Amazon? ultimately effectively and get their products to the top of a search we don't know and i know that's where innovation is going to continue to happen people don't stay stagnant they always are ebbing and flowing with the waves as they come it's an industry of lots of different speedboats and not a lot of tankers so you can make those changes quickly and effectively that's how you still stay in business and grow as entrepreneurs and as businesses that being said this is friday thanks for hopping on we only had one episode this week but next week action-packed with more uh, episodes. We have three that week, and I already somehow booked out six in that following week. So stay tuned for lots of content coming in. 50 days until Christmas, everyone. That is a banana statistic, just fact in general, um, for what's coming. So if you're holiday shopping or if you're selling, good luck in the next 50 or so days. And uh, if you liked our episodes, go ahead and go ahead and rake us up by giving us a thumbs up on social media, or you can go ahead and rate and review us on our favorite podcast destination. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care.